the Making Sense of Life podcast number 51. According to J.K. Rowling, life is difficult and complicated and beyond anyone's total control. The humility to know that will enable you to survive its vicissitudes. The Making Sense of Life podcast will not only empower you to navigate through a fast-changing world, but also to grow in body, mind and spirit. Inward change precedes outer transformation. As the ancient Greek author Plutarch once said, what we achieve inwardly will change outer reality. This podcast is sponsored by Logos Medical Legal. Sunil also works privately with senior leaders. Go to drsunil.com forward slash corporate to find out more. Hello and welcome to the Making Sense of Life podcast with me, Sunil Raheja. Um, you know, we've reached episode 51. It's amazing how far we've come. And today's subject is on living life to the full. And I've got a special guest here today, Carrie Oberbrunner. Great to have you here, Carrie. It's great to be here, Sunil. Now, I first came across Carrie in 2015, and I'm proud to say he's become a great friend. In fact, we've just spent the last few days here together here in England um, at, at a conference that we've been at together, and it's been really great to get to know to, to get to know Carrie. Carrie's become a mentor to me, and through his company, which we're going to talk about. Um, I'm in the process of writing my book uh, that's coming out of the blog at drsnill.com. Now, let me tell you a few things about Carrie. He's an author, a coach, a speaker. He helps individuals and organizations clarify who they are, why they're here, and where they're going so they can become souls on fire, experiencing unhackability, and share their message with the world. That's certainly an, an, an exciting and inspiring message. Now, Carrie, just expand on that for us. Yeah, so Sunil, I believe that the most powerful weapon on earth is the human soul on fire. And you might say, well, gee, that's great, but how do you become a soul on fire? And we believe that it's... What do you mean by a soul on fire? Just unpack that for us a little bit more, I think. Most people are going through the motions. Most people are essentially walking dead. They're dead. They haven't made it official yet, (laughs) right? And it sounds pretty strong, but all the polls show, whether it's the Gallup poll or polls about work engagement, it shows that people don't feel fully alive. You know, 86% of people feel like their day job is not the right fit. You can't be fully dead (laughs) at work or even just, hey, I wish I was somewhere else. That's going to seep into the rest of your life. And people usually don't want to hear that, Sunil. A lot of times people say, well, I, you know, my job's just my job, you know, and I hate it, but I, I just, I turn it off when I go home. And we know we're holistic people. That's like saying, well, your arm has cancer, but your body's healthy. It's just not possible. So there's this, con- this, this disconnect that they don't feel fulfilled in their lives. Their job's not giving them the joy and the fulfillment that they would really want. And so, as you said, there's part of them that seems to be lacking in some way. Yes, we believe that if someone is truly a soul on fire, meaning that they are alive, they are growing, they are showing up, filled up. If this is true, then they have clarity around three things, who they are, their identity, why they're here, their purpose, 
and where they're going, their direction. And when those three things integrate and converge, then people have a much better chance of being a soul on fire. And so on that, you've written three books, which, we'll, which we're, we're going to talk about at uh, another time. But your message is really connected because, I, I, you know, you've, you've, I've got here trained over 150,000 authors, coaches, speakers and entrepreneurs. That's a huge number. And um, you've, you've got a company, Author Academy Elite, that's helped how many authors? Over 600. Wow. Over 600 authors to, to get their books out into the world. Sounds incredibly. It is. It's 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 amazing and, and wonderful to hear. But it didn't start that way, and you've certainly had your, your own challenges. Um, you've, um, yeah, you, you used to have a history of self injury, and you had had a, had a speaking problem as well. Tell us about that. Yeah, as a young child, I just struggled with stuttering, and my and, and you speak now to, to to large audiences. Yeah, I mean, you were there the other day when I was in the U.S. speaking, but if you talk to my mom, which you met, who you met the other day, yeah. just as a young child, I people-pleasing was important, being accepted by other people. And for whatever reason, I had a very high standard of myself, and meaning that perfectionism. And when I messed up with speaking, it became almost a paralysis where it became this block and then in my mind when I didn't speak well it was debilitating so I just stopped speaking you actually stopped speaking stop speaking and how old are you at that, at that time <clears throat> my speech therapy like legit back in the 80s when you had a stammering problem a speech problem they would analyze you and they said this this guy's learning disabled He's wow. he's going to have real serious problems in, in life. And I went to special speech classes, and then a miracle happened. And I basically, after several months, became a very quick case of recovery. Now, I still struggled with it. Um, it came back at different points in my life. Even today, if I have to do a script, like perhaps a wedding I just don't like it. I don't, I don't like doing scripts because I feel like there's a perfectionism thing. Okay, it, it, it hems you in and you feel constrained by it and constricted. And, yeah. then, and then maybe the self-consciousness starts to come back yeah, again. We, we talked about at your dinner table just a few minutes ago how I'm claustrophobic, yeah. right? So I don't know. I think I now my secret name, which we'll talk about in another episode, my secret name is Free. Yeah, that's a, that's a book. Yeah. So you think about that. The opposite of free is trapped. The opposite okay. of free is, you know, this claustrophobic. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not saying, see, I could have came on today and pretended everything was cool and say, oh, you know, I'm perfect. I don't struggle anymore. But the reality is, I mean, I just met, I don't know, in the last week, I probably met. 1200 people yeah, between I was, these okay, uh, yeah i was gonna say it's yeah. several hundred people in yeah. these last few days yeah and i engaged each one i you know i walked away with lots of new clients it's fine yeah because i focus on the person their needs how i can help them and i think and obviously we want to encourage you as a listener that uh, it is amazing and the transformation that can take place yeah but yeah. stuttering was just one th one yeah, thing and then and let's talk about that and the self injury let's talk about the self injury yeah. as well same thing uh, self-injury you should be perfect Carrie you're not perfect you need to punish yourself so 
self-injury, and think about it. Most people, if, if you think about a, um, uh, a, a pot that's boiling or something like that, you have to let the steam out. So for me, I'll, for a lot of people, emotionally, what lets, what, what lets the steam out? Talking. But I didn't talk because of stuttering. So you see what I'm saying? Here I was supposed to just, like any kid, I mean, I had deaths in the family, this type of thing, grandparents. Painful things happen, and most people talk it out. But I didn't want to talk because of stuttering. So what did I do? I turned all that emotion inside. Yes. I turned that anger inside. Yes. And so, and enormously destructive if it's just going within. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, didn't feel like I could emote to other people. So <clears throat> self-injury became an addiction. Mm-hmm. Saw my first psychologist at the age of 10. Wow. And remember lying on the form because it said, what have you ever thought about suicide? Wow. And as a 10-year-old kid, I had actually thought about it. Wow. And I remember lying because my parents, you know, we filled out the form together and, and I said, oh, no, no. So, but here I am today. Yeah. And, well, this yeah. is the amazing thing, this yeah. incredible transformation. And I think, again, for any of those listening who maybe are going through what appears to be insurmountable issues, be sure. that a speech problem, be maybe even self-harming, mm-hmm. maybe just a sense of hopelessness, I think we really want to reach out to you and say, that it is amazing what God can do. It's amazing the transformation that can happen. But as we try and explore that, I mean, there is a saying that if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. And looking back on your life, what do you think were the pivot points, Carrie, that enabled you to begin to make that change? Because the transformation about, you know, that that young man, that young boy that we're talking about, and the Carrie Oberunner that is here today, who's also, I should mention, married to to Kelly, and you have three children as well, as well as running a successful business that's impacting lives all over the world and has inspired and encouraged book authors to get out the dream that's within them and helped help them to really begin to make a difference in the world. What do you think were the pivot points in terms of changes in thinking, that the seeds that came into your into your mind that be- began to bring about that change, that, a dramatic change? And again, to, to inspire to inspire and encourage people out there as to what, what is possible. The number one thing is... I turned my anger from myself to God. So I never was taught that you could be angry with God. Right. So we should always, yeah, we, we, we can't be angry with God. But, yeah. but what, what, what did you learn instead? So we have this myth that we, you need to come to God all cleaned up. And if you can come to God all cleaned up, then you don't need God. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because you saved yourself. So I could preach grace, and that's so, yeah. This is because you were a pastor yeah. for twelve years as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably the first eighteen months when I was a pastor, uh, maybe twelve. For the first twelve months as a pastor, I actually was still self-injuring. Isn't that crazy? Wow! Wow! So here I was preaching grace, but I wasn't living grace. So what happened is I read the imprecatory psalms in the Bible. Explain that to us a bit more. Yeah. Psalm 69, Psalm 109, it's a certain group of psalms that scare theologians because they think, what is David writing? What is this guy talking about? And it's where David gets super real with God. Mm. And he says, take my enemies and blot them out of the book of life. You know, take my enemies and make their wives widows and their children's fatherless. And theologians read that and they're like, whoa, well, hold on, hold on. David's saying that because he's assuming 
that God is divinely judging sin and blah, blah, blah. No, he wasn't. He was ticked off. Yeah, he was angry and he was expressing his anger honestly to God rather than exactly. trying rather than trying to hide it. And that's what that's what set me free. So it's what set you free was an honesty about where you are at, rather than pretending to be something that you weren't. Because whatever it is, it eventually will leak out. Yeah, I tell people that if you have to pretend to get your secret name, it's not your secret name. Mm. In other words, you can ask God to bless you, but mm. like the Jacob story. In the Bible, Jacob actually said, bless me, God. And God said, what is your name? Mm. Isn't that weird? Yes. Yes, because names are powerful. We're going to talk about this because you've written a book called Your Secret Name. And, and one of the theses of the book is that um, God has a name for us that identifies who we are to the core of our being and doesn't have to be, as it were, the... Um, uh, negative names maybe we've picked up from childhood like sure. st- whatever stupid yeah. or incapable or trapped or whatever but there's a name that can open you up to all that god has for you that's right yeah. but you can only receive that new name when you stop running from your old name yes. and that's what jacob was doing yeah. jacob was lying and pretending just like i was for many parts of my life mm. god please bless me well, what's your name carrie oh i'm i'm good mm. i'm a pastor i'm an Air yeah. Force chaplain candidate, yeah. um, you know, good. Yes. So you can look all good on the outside, but but God could see what was really happening inside. And so it was the being real about that, about this, yeah, this gap yep. between the outside and the inside. So you're in ministry, and you did that for 12 years. Um, and you said you, knew, you were even self-harming for about the first year, 18 months. Yeah. Wow. So you're working that you were trying you were working this through by becoming open and honest with God mm. about about you. Mm-hmm. But you moved away from the ministry as well. I did. I did. And and, and what, what, what was what, what what happened there? I think that what happened was I grew into another person, mm. and I realized the church is more than the four walls that I was in. Yes. And I realized that. I had to reach a new level of freedom. Yeah. So obviously, you're still obviously even as passionate about God as ever, mm-hmm. but realizing that the calling on your life was much more than being a pastor, and in fact, becoming an entrepreneur is what I think is is what the calling on your life was, or it is. It's crazy. It really is. You know, I think Paul was an entrepreneur, and I look. This back, is the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. Yeah. 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 And I look back at Scripture, and I see that many people. Uh, Nehemiah to me was an entrepreneur. Mm. He asked the king, I need to build a wall. I need papers. I need supplies. I'm going to take this scary adventure. Uh, there's no guarantee of failure. That's what the word entrepreneur means, mm. bearer of risk. Yes. And that's what I love, man. I, yeah. lo- I love it. So, bearer of risk and taking something from um, increasing value, taking something from, of, of, of low value and increase, making greater value out of it and being able to bless and encourage. Far more than you could think of imagine. And you've certainly done that, Kerry, I think, through through Author Academy, Leech Your Company, mm. uh, and the authors that you've inspired. Um, but again, let's go now. So you've moved from, if we, if we, if we just follow the journey, um, a shy, introverted kid who's really struggling with, with, um, with self-doubt, manifesting in all sorts of ways, mm. self-harm and a speech Sorry. problem and stuttering, who then um, begins to be open and honest with God and on that journey becomes a pastor and work begins to work that through and 
is serving God and is trusting God, but thinking there's more to my life than this and taking a brave decision to come out of the ministry. I'm sure a lot of people would have said, Carrie, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. People people said, well, what are you going to do? Yeah. And you've written a book about that, which uh, is called Day Job to Dream Job. But we're, we're not going to focus on that here. What we're going to focus on is you became an author and you, you've, you, you began to write books. Tell us about those early books that you wrote. Early books were Journey Toward Relevance, another book titled Called, Becoming Who You Were Born to Be. It was about discipleship. Another one was The Fine Line. Mm -hmm. All these beginning books were basically problems that I needed to solve for my own life. And so I set out to go find the answer, and, mm -hmm. and out came the book. Wow. But as you began to write the books, you began to see that there was something about, you know, because... I mean, I'm writing my book, sure. so we're getting that, and, I, and I'm very grateful to you, to Carrie, and to your company, Author Academy, at least, and the huge tribe of people encouraging yeah. there as well to keep motiv to keep me writing. But when you're trying to write a book, you think, "Oh, well, I'll get it out, and then that'll be it." But writing the book is only the beginning. Yes. Now you learned that the hard way as well, because you've written, I think you've, you've written seven books, haven't you, in total up to up to now? Yep. But let's go back to the three books. After you'd written those first three books, you discovered something about the whole publishing process that really fed into your entrepreneurial mindset mm -hmm. and changed things for you. Yeah. So I knew that it would take uh, basically. I was doing all the all the work anyway. You know, nothing against publishers, but for the most part, they were pretty hands-off, which is common with most people. So what I said is, I'm, if I'm doing all the work, why are they, A, having the final decision about all the important things like the cover, the title, and then they're taking out some of the content and they're getting 85% of the royalties. And this is your baby that you sweated blood, sweat, and tears over. So I thought, we yeah. got to figure out a model. And my clients were also saying to me, hey, how are you writing these books and yourself turning them into 18 streams of income? Oh. So I basically said, all right, let's go with it. And we started Author Academy Elite. And you read one of the testimonies today from a lady named Sonia. Mm. And she said... Yeah, the, Sonia the, Jones, yeah. Sonia Jones. She said, it works. Mm. She was in the Chicago Tribune. This week, she had a launch party with 200 people present, another 5,000 watched online. She sold over 500 books on one day. Mm. The proof is there. Yeah, so there's a whole system and process after you've written a book. It, it, it isn't. The myth is that you write a book and then people will come and they'll come and buy it. But no, there's a whole system and process you've got to do to go through to make people aware of the book, yep. to understand mm. what the exciting message that there is, helping them to then engage with that message creating a structure and format within which they can do that yep. um and that doesn't happen by accident no it it's intentional it's a system it's a plan it includes a launch party a launch team and in author academy elite which i'm sure you'll share the link in the details because we just came from a conference where you mm. saw i mean you saw we had about 450 people there in, in columbus yeah. ohio yeah that but then also the one we just came from Yes, and the, we had a UK. Yeah. Uh, we had a UK day, and people are hungry for yeah. this. They they have a message. They don't know how to get it out. They want to get it out the right way. And so, Author Academy Elite gives people the most control, the most profits, the most rights. 
you name it. Yeah. So just just if we give us a summary. So Author Academy Leap is the company that you formed that's helped up to date. You said about six hundred authors to get their book out. Yep. Um, what? So say so. I mean, I'm somebody with with an idea, and I'm doing it through your company. And what would if someone listening out there say, I've got this message, I've got, I've got a book inside me. Now, many people have got a book inside them. I think, was sure. it, there's a high percentage. That, 82%. What, 82, 82% of the population has a book inside. But only 2% or 3% actually About get it. 1% actually ever take action and yeah. get it done. And some of it's just, they have great hearts, but they start doing it and they get overwhelmed. Yeah, and I, I can certainly empathize with that yeah. because I started the blogging four years ago with a view of trying to get the book out. And... Um, I've been with your company for three years. We're getting. I'm t- I'm further along the path than I've ever been, so yeah. I'm getting there. But it's not an easy process. Yeah. Um, so what does? How does Author Academy Elite help you? Just not in the book writing, and then after the book is published. Well, I'm glad you're working on it because Sunil, you got a powerful message, and you know most people, it doesn't take three years. <laughs> I mean, they can they can take three years if they want. They can take four. But we really built a program for people, if they want, if they want to go fast, they can do two missions a week, get it done in six months. They can do three missions a week and get it done in three months. I mean, it, they go as fast as they want or as slow as they want. But it is. It's it's a, it's the same model I've used. You said I've written seven, which is true. I've also ghostwritten three more. And then I just republished uh, mm-hmm. three more. So, I mean, I, you know, I know books. And... Um, I just know that it takes a system and a process. So the first step I would say for people is to ask themselves before they write one word, why do they want to write a book? And if it's to help people to get their message out, to increase their influence, impact, or income, to solve a problem, to entertain, I mean, these are noble reasons. If it's just, well, I want to be an important person. It's the wrong motives. Mm. Yeah, so be clear about the motive. Uh, and then, as we said, also Academy Elite is, is presenting a clear path in which you can do that, along with the fact that you can have much more control of the book once it's out and and decide which way it's going as well as and get income from it because I think traditional publishers take a very large percentage yeah. of the cost of the book. Absolutely. We don't take a dime of their profits. So we pay you up front first. Yeah. There's a tuition involved and there is because we got to do the cover design, the interior design, five versions of the book, hardcover, softcover, ebook, which is a Kindle file and an ePub, which is a Nook or iBooks file, audiobook, um, editorial analysis, live event, uh, 18 months of coaching up to if they need it. So I mean there's a ton that we give. And yeah, there's a tuition, there's an application. And yeah, you don't uh, just take anybody. You have to actually go through a, yeah. a, because you have to check if there's a fit in terms of values of what the book's exactly. about and, and 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 you think you can work with a person. Yeah, you know people we've turned away and we don't try to be mean about it, but we are looking for an author who's going to be a good fit. Mm. Okay, so that's great. And there'll be a link to Author Academy Elite on on, on the website on, at drsill.com that goes with this podcast. But I think, Carrie, this book, th- th- this podcast is very much about living life to the full. And if somebody's living life to the full, it's certainly you. <laughs> okay, uh, And I think that's what the exciting thing is, because, as you said, you're, the theme that um, encapsulates who you right. are and what you do is igniting souls. And right. you've been put on earth to ignite souls and as you do that, to really make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and that's in, that's inspiring that's encouraging because so many people as you as you know live lives of quiet desperation yep. and i think thoreau says die with the song still inside them and writing a book is part of that process of getting that mm. song out so you can sing that with all you've got so that you can then as it were ignite other souls ignite other people and make make a difference with your life because frankly if, you, if you're not doing that if you're not living a life that's making a difference in other people's lives and is and is under submission to god then it's a wasted life it's true um do you want to say anything about that no, I, I I think you you nailed it. I think that uh, we have one life to live. Mm. Whenever someone we know passes, mm. we have this little phenomenon that happens where we get super serious about our lives for about a week, yes. sometimes two days, and then life hits again and we're back in the rut. Mm. And someone said once, the only difference between a rut and a grave is six feet. Mm. It's really the same thing. Yeah, and and you've also said that we need to get away from this whole issue of blame, excuses, and denials, and move to ownership, accountability, and responsibility. Move from the bed to the all. B E D. Blame, excuses, and denial to ownership, accountability, and responsibility for our lives. Absolutely. And, and so you've really done that. So just as, as we round up to a close, I just want to ask you some questions about your life um, mm-hmm. to inspire and encourage our readers in whatever struggle that they may be going through. Um, What's the greatest lesson you've learned in, in your life? Tell, tell us some important lessons you've learned yeah. um, that could encourage and, and inspire us in whatever areas we're in. Sure, I'll give you one here. Pain is inevitable. Misery is a choice. Okay, what do you mean by that? Most people want to remove all pain from their lives. Mm. Pain is your friend. I know that sounds weird. Oh, that's provocative. Yeah. But pain, I'm talking about acute pain. See, you know I went on a 20-mile bike ride. Yeah, you, you went this morning on a 20-mile bike ride. I heard because you, you went with some friends, Az Petula, yeah. Habershaw, who's, who's, who's an author with Author Academy Leap. Yeah. Released to Roar is an amazing story about um, how she was in a, in a wheelchair for 12 years, couldn't speak for about five years, and, and the transforming power of Christ in her life. And she's written about that. And so you went, to, you went I think, with her church pastor for a, for a 20-mile bike ride. Yeah. So whether it's a bike ride and it's physical pain, whether it's... A conference and its mental pain, whether it's, all that learning and all yeah. that goes in there, yeah. yeah. Whether it's a coaching session and its emotional pain, the smart people in the world invite pain, not stupid, dumb, chronic pain. I'm talking about acute, focused, fixed pain that is intentional. And I say from my coach Chet Scott that you need to invite acute pain in your life so that you can overcome the chronic pain. Jim Rohn said there's two pains in life. One is the discipline, uh, one is discipline and the other is regret. One weighs ounces and the other weighs tons. So yeah, you can do nothing with your life and you'll have a huge pain called regret or you can have a little pain in your life which is acute pain, and by embracing that, you'll overcome the chronic pain. Thank you, Kerry. And that goes so much away from the way our culture and society functions. It's so much about immediate gratification, but it's the right kind of pain. Thank you. That's really helpful. Um, but let's 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 talk to the Kerry who who's sitting in front of me today, right now. Um, what are you learning now um, that draws passion out of you? I think I'm just learning that. I need to build a team. 
Mm. So the team is growing. You saw it. The team has expanded. You've got an amazing team as well. I mean, I was in Columbus, Ohio there, and just seeing the book authors and seeing yeah. and just seeing in terms of the staff around and making sure that everything's functioning and moving. But there's always another level to go. They're all rock stars. But the only way we're going to improve is for me to raise up more. Mm. And so that's the next six weeks. That's going to be my real focus professionally mm. is raising up an, another level yeah. our current people and then making some strategic hires yes okay that's very exciting um you've had a, a lot of success you talked about something in you know in terms of your, your early struggles final question i want to talk to you about and is and you talked about pain but how about failure i mean you know, we can look at you we can look at wow this six, you know successful guy helped so many people he's written so many books he's happily married with three kids Everything's going really well, but it's not always, you know, it's tough as well. How has failure shaped your life? I try to fail every day. <laughs> you try to fail every day? Okay, expand on that for us. Well, listen, if I'm not if I'm not failing, I'm not growing. Mm. If you're not failing, that means you're automating. Mm. And automation in your life is one where you then disconnect. Mm. There's a term in counseling called disassociation, where people literally step out of the moment yeah they, 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 they go through the motions as it were yeah. yeah yeah i mean and it's it's a coping mechanism and sometimes it's needed if someone's in an abusive situation they go away mentally mm -hmm. if they're being abused i get that but unfortunately most normal people that aren't being abused they are disassociating from their mm -hmm. lives yeah. so they do that they're, they're, they're numbing out they're yeah. anesthetizing and so and because What's, what they've been through is too painful, so it's best just to not, yeah. to, not to live life, really. Could be something as easy as substance abuse, mm -hmm. emotional eating, Netflix binging. I mean, you pick your, you know, pick your poison, as they say. Most people are disassociating. And so what I try to do is mix it up. Mm -hmm. And I say, you know what? I'm going to be fully present today. And how do you do that? All the flow triggers that I've studied in neuroscience say that one of the ways you get into flow is through novelty, which means that it's something new. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm i in the UK today. You know how many new things I've done today? Yeah, because you've come to the UK for the first time. You've never yeah. been to this country before, so you've really come out of your comfort zone. And, I, and, just, and just for our listeners, Carrie's an amazing guy, but one area that he needs help with is directions. <laughs> I've 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 saved his life a few times because he tried to cross the road with the cars coming the other way. So he's got so Ke uh, if Kelly, his wife, if, she, if you listen to this, you can thank me for for, for protecting him from being run over a few times. Listen, I biked, I, I cycled, as they say, on the dip, you know. So a went on a twenty mile cycle ride today uh, on a bike that's not mine with roads I've never been on on the wrong side of the road. I mean, you see what I'm saying? Uh, what else did I do today? I, I got on uh, trains that I've never been on. I toured a, a castle I'd never, you know, the whole day today was failure. I mean, if you really want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we made lots of mistakes, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, tons of failure today. Um, Lo you know, lost my train car. Oh, yes, we lost. Right? Yes, that's right. We lost I your mean, train ticket. There's a million things that I do every single day that are failures. That, But here's why. I'm constantly pushing myself. I suppose that's it. And, and not beating yourself up about it. That's the key thing. Because when I think 
for some of us, and I, I can identify with that, is certainly in my life, when things have gone wrong, it's been very easy to start beating yourself up. But no, you just you fall down, you pick yourself back up, and you get going again. Yeah, Joanne Miller, one of our friends, said that you fail, but you're not a failure. Yes. And so when when it's a verb, it's fine. When it's a noun, it's wrong. Yes. So I made all kinds of fail failings today. And it's great. I mean, we just had our largest live event we've ever had. Mm. Most people are like, oh, it was amazing. Yeah, we have over 400 people, yeah. Yeah, but I already know there was some failings. And that's always going to be cases. There's always going to be things not going the way we want. Carrie, it's amazing. Thank you so much for for such a fabulous conversation and really drawing drawing out with us about your life and what you've gone through and the journey that you're on. You're still going on, which is wonderful to hear. Last question. What question? You feel free to pass on this, but what question should I should I have asked you that I haven't asked you? Anything come to mind that, that you want me to ask you? How do you grow hair that looks so good? <laughs> yeah. So both Carrie and I uh, are bored guys, and even with with girls' names, because one of the things you didn't mention here, Carrie is is it can be mistaken for a girl's name. And my name, Sunil, sometimes, I, I was just telling Carrie, I, I get leadership stuff for women, regularly emails coming oh, yeah. through my, through my, through my inbox, because they think my name is Sunil, yeah. as in Sue and then Neil, but no, it's Sunil and, and of, of Indian origin. No, I hear you. <laughs> so I'm just being silly, but um, how about we answer that on the next podcast? Yes, so thanks so much, Carrie. We're gonna carry on this conversation. We're gonna talk with Carrie. Uh, um, about uh, well the next podcast will be about one of the books he's written called Your Secret Name so stay tuned for that and we'll talk about that but thank you so much Carrie and uh, for opening up your life to us today thanks for having me Sunil bye bye from us now If you've enjoyed today's conversation, you can get all the show notes for this episode from drsunil.com. And could you do us a favour? Head over to iTunes to rate the programme. This is by far the best way to get this content into the hands of those who need it most. Also, do you think about who you could pass details of the podcast on to? Don't forget to check out the blog for more great content. That's drsunil.com, helping you to make sense of life in a challenging and complex world. Until next time, goodbye for now.